Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Greg Woodson. Now, Greg Woodson is the CEO and owner of Greg Woodson's Photography. He is the director and photographer of Swimsuit USA International Model Search. And he's also the former director of Las Vegas Model Search International. He also got his first break as a photographer for the Major League Sports in Texas, Texas Rangers and the Dallas Mavericks, uh, to name a few. But before we go, please go to our website. We are at Podbean, tell Craig your story at podbean.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. We also have a link there that tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We're on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio to name a few. And we also have the competition going where we are looking for the Tell Craig Your Story podcast theme song. Uh, please email it to our email address, Tell Craig Your Story at hotmail.com and I will announce the winner at the end of the month. So my first question to Greg was how did he get into the photography industry? Alright, here we go. This is my chat with Greg Woodson on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. University football, uh, SMU. I did some auto racing for a little bit from time to time. And my very first gig was actually the ESPN Winter X Games. Oh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. really. I almost, that's... I almost got killed by a snowboarder. <laughs> <laughs> and and how, did you get it, how did you get involved with uh, doing all the major league sports? Did you have to go through, just like a baseball player, would you have to go through the minor leagues? To get there, or you just it, it was it was actually really crazy. So um, there is a sports radio uh, talk radio station here in Dallas, and my my friend would go on to the show just as a guest from time to time. And um, I met the producers of the show and everything, and I started to go on. And All right. yeah, so I was doing uh, I was doing sports radio probably once a week. Uh, for a few hours a day and to the point where I, you know, ran up a few hundred hours of on airtime, um, you know, and uh, when um, every once in a while they would go out of town to cover, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or whatever. And uh, they were they decided this group that they were going to go up and co cover the ESPN Winter X Games. They said, bring your camera. Or you're going. Right. Yeah, right. and so we would go and uh, shoot all day during the day and then go in to the studio in the evening and record the show and yes. then do it all over again. Yeah, yes. yeah so. right. And are you, do you have like a certain time where, because I've noticed, uh, you know, being like a musician myself, do you have, like, they only have like maybe three or four songs at the start of the set and then every, and after that it's like, get the hell out of there. Do you have the same thing with uh, with sport as well? 
do you have a certain time or you can stay there for like a certain period or how does that all work? Uh, no, not really. When, uh, if it's, if it's playoffs or something like that, then you, and you have the, um, assigned slots and things like that, then, then like the, the higher end, uh, sports entities are of course going to get those, but you might be able to slip into one here and there. Um, but generally we shot the whole game. Right. You know? Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, that that was it. It was it was. It's not like shooting a rock concert where you only get the first three songs and they kick you out. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. It's it's just that you know sometimes the pain the the pace of the game s- starts slow and then it starts to speed up. Yes. Um. So you definitely want to be there towards the end of the game. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Could, anything could happen. Good going overtime, or you know, you know. So yeah. and. and and if you ha- and is there any other sort of major league sports that you've done, or is it, was it just the, the the Texas Texas sort of teams? Well, I, I covered the Texas teams, um, you know, and uh, even even arena football, which is uh, really wow. fast paced, crazy. Um, but uh, so whenever teams would come in, you know, I actually start to know some certain players from other teams and things like that. I got to meet. Um, I, of course, got to meet Kobe Bryant, and I got to oh, meet wow. Shaq. Uh, yeah, this was this is kind of the the heyday when I was 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 covering those guys. But um, some of the the best players in the world, I end up get, getting to meet some of these guys, and they're some of them are very very cool, and some of them are not. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask: Is there any in particular that were not very nice? <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Um, I can't remember players that um, were, were necessarily jerks. Mm. Uh, most most of the guys that I hung up with were, were my buddies. Yeah. Um, but uh, anybody that was coming in was generally very cordial. Yeah. Um, but I also worked uh, uh, shooting uh, celebrities and some movie stars and things like that from time to time. And uh, there, there are some that are really, really fantastic, like um, Clark Gregg, who was Agent Coulson in the Avengers movies, yes. um, was very accommodating and, and so very cool. Uh, he brought his daughter with him and made sure that she was okay and everything else and kind of yeah. everybody off just a little bit and made sure that she was good. And then he's like, okay, you're good? All right. And they turn to us. He goes, I'm all yours. And wow. so the way that he takes care of family and everything before the job is, is just really fantastic. And, um, you know, I've met people like Peter Weller um, from RoboCop oh, and Banky nice. Jansen from, from X-Men. And they're just these people are just brilliant and very, very nice people. And and. Then, and, and- and where are you meeting these people? Is it through the is it the Comic Con or are you actually going out to, to like shoot for for uh, your you know? So your... so part of it was from Comic Con. Part of it was from the Dallas International Film Festival, uh, uh, which I worked with for for several years. I actually uh, shot portraits of um, some of the people coming through. Uh, Comic Con is uh, is a blast. It's really. It's really pretty crazy here. So the big ones in San Diego, and then there's about three yes. or four that are bigger. Uh, but we used to get, you know, sixty thousand people at uh, wow. 
this little comic book convention here in uh, in Texas, and uh, um, you know, uh, I I just kind kind of wrangled in with some of my friends. They're all kind of media whores, so we. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that ends up kind of being the party and, uh, you know, what's going on. And, right. and there you go. So. And, and in terms of that, like, you must be like a big sci-fi, um, Marvel sort of a fan, right? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I've uh, been quite a, a follower of the Marvel movies. And, of course, you know, Star Wars was the very first movie I ever saw as a kid. So, wow. Um, and what do you think of the, the current Star Wars movies, like the recent ones that have come out? Um, I mean, it's difficult to continually keep producing quality sort of, you know, in my opinion. Anyway. You know, yeah, it, it's, uh, it could be better. Yes. The thing is, is on the Marvel side, you've got Kevin Feige, who's got, he's kind of the overlord. He's the puppeteer that, that, uh, you know, everything kind of, you want to come play in his sandbox, you have to follow some of his rules. Some. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily do as good a job at that on the Star Wars side yes. uh, for the last three movies, but where they have gotten it right is The Mandalorian. Yes. Which is that, that TV show, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good, you know, and it's... Uh, it's going to continue to get better, I think. And of course, that's John Favreau, who's one of the most brilliant guys out there. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I also saw, and this might not be a, a, a type of question. Um, one of your friends uh, on Facebook, I do believe, actually, I thought it was on Instagram as well. Paul Heyman, uh, WWE. Uh, did you do any uh, shooting for for Paul Heyman? Uh, not for for Heyman, sorry, WWE. Uh, no, I haven't done. Um, I haven't worked for WWE, uh, but I shot uh, one of the former WWE divas, uh, Miss Tessmacher, uh, right. for a lot of her career. Um, she's a real sweetheart, and uh, she's a mom now, and uh, oh, that's great. That's cute. Lives in Houston, is kind of out of the biz, and that sort of thing, but. Um, you know, it was, it was really interesting because I shot her way before she ever got started with WWE, and all of a sudden she's up there. Yes. You know? Every once in a while, you'll meet somebody earlier in their early in their career, yes. and you know, at doing what I've done for so long now, you'll you'll find people that uh, will really excel. So uh, I told you about the Dallas International Film Festival. Yes. I met um, an actor from Plano uh, named Scott Hayes, um, who's just was a nice guy and everything. And we're shooting the portrait stuff, and uh, he had a little independent film that was coming through with the film festival and stuff. And um, uh, he actually started hanging out with us and became one of our drinking buddies. And uh -huh. then he he moved out to Hollywood and was in a couple of big movies. And one day I sat down at the computer. I had my morning bagel and everything else and it says you know i get a, a headline that says scott hayes cast for the next marvel movie oh wow and uh he had been cast as uh the one of the bad guys in venom mm, right you know and uh i i just hit him on, up on instagram i'm like what the what heck the 
<laughs> yeah, and it was like, dude, I had to shave my head. I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> and it was just amazing because he's such a talented guy and he's, uh, you know, uh, getting his dues now. And uh, he's a hardworking actor in Hollywood. And yeah, it's, it's really, really cool to see guys that are just coming up at succeed like that, you know? And, and can, can you give some more examples of, of stars that, you know, when you were there for, from right at the start to, you know, for them to be now, you know, mainstream? Well, I, you know, it, it was really about that time though, when, the, the demands for my photography really started to change because I really right. love shooting. I, I really love doing the events with celebrities. I really love yes. doing the sports. Um, but it, it was a, a very quick transition to pageant work and, and all this and, and, and calendars. And yes. um, so it, it, it shifted to the girls pretty fast. Um, right. So that I actually, uh, you, you know, when, when I was, I was in my second year of covering the Dallas Mavericks and uh, they had a minor league team in Dallas. And, um, you know, I went to a couple games and got to know the guys and everything. And uh, uh, then they came across and they said, Hey, our, our cheerleaders are doing a calendar this year. Do you want to shoot it? And I was like, Okay, well, that sounds like fun. Sure, I can do that. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, so th that was my first foray into and calendar for the, work. And for the listeners as well, that that's a huge thing because, like, we don't get that here in Australia. Like, a whole sort of uh, college and university, like, compared to the U.S., it, it's, you know, it's terrible <laughs> um you know you get no people going to the games you know we have our professional sports and, and right. uh, they're very popular but but the college and the it's not like the the u.s i mean you're getting 80 90 thousand people in an arena to watch uh you know your yep. team so um yep. and especially with the cheerleaders i mean that's a huge thing uh, uh for you to get that opportunity so that was like the stepping stone for, for, for your for sort of career? It, it, it really was. So um, I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard of Hooters down in. Uh, yes. In, yeah. We've got it here as well. So, it's a franchise. Yes. Okay. So in the United States, um, within the past, I don't know, 15 years or so, the main competitor to Hooters is called Twin Peaks. Right. And it's the same sort of concept. Um, but the girls wear like little sexy lumberjack uniforms. Gotcha. So, uh, that whole franchise is based in Dallas, Texas. And after I did the, the first, uh, of, of the, you know, I did the NBA basketball calendar for the minor league team. Um, I actually got hired on, uh, to do Swimsuit USA International. Actually, uh, Tropic Beauty was the first one I did. And so and I had done a couple of things, and, and all of a sudden I was the head of photography for this big pageant out in Las Vegas. And then I came back, and one of my buddies was the marketing director from Twin Peaks, and he said, well, we want you to do the Twin Peaks National Calendar. Gotcha. And yeah. so... We shot that one in, 
the first one in 2010. So I shot 2010, 2011. Um, and then the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA championship in 2011. And their head of photography calls me up and says, hey, we're taking the Mavs cheerleaders to Barbados to shoot their calendar next year. Do you want to shoot it? Wow. And it's. <laughs> oh, no, I'm busy. I'm, I've got something on. <laughs> he, he said, you have 30 seconds to decide. Uh, Danny Bollinger was the, the head of photography for them and uh, just a, a great friend and everything. And um, I just. Uh, it, it, he's literally said, you had 30 seconds. I'm sitting here going. <laughs> Okay, how long do I let him just sweat it? No. no. (laughs) And of course I did. And so all this stuff really started to steamroll. And um, uh, it was was funny. All this crazy stuff's going on. And then I was let go by Tropic Beauty. And um, Tropic Beauty went with another group of photographers and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, if you leave, if you're going to get – leave the Red Sox, then you should go over to the Yankees. And so <laughs> um, we kind of, my, my buddy who was in, interested in doing, uh, doing it as well, we kind of made it known that we were available to Swimsuit USA International. And that was 2011. And I went from photo director on one side to photo director on the other side in a matter of months. And so I've been with Swimsuit USA ever since. And, and now I've shot so many Australians. Yes. <laughs> I have uh, uh, noticed. And the, we'll uh, the, uh, the Australian contingent seems to search me out. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I love those girls. I mean, they're all, uh, every, every single one of them is just fantastic. And it's just year after year. Um, the Aussies send uh, just a tremendous group of girls, you know, and uh, it's, it's crazy. So um, from a notoriety perspective, it's, it, it's, it's weird because I have to post on Instagram once during the day for the U S and once during the day for Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's so cool. Do you, um, have you ever been to Australia before? I have not. Oh, uh, so uh, the uh, some of the guys uh, uh, from um, Swimsuit International and uh, and that group and the guys that run Hawaiian Tropic, uh, I've kind of floated the idea by them of of, of doing it. Uh, it's first of all, it's it's difficult getting a work visa in Australia. Right. Yes. Um, so I would have to be committed to coming down there and spending a reasonable amount of time. To be able to do that. And I haven't just had a block of time to allow myself to come down there and, and, and see the country. But uh, it's, it's, it's literally the number one place on my bucket list. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, very welcome to come down here. And I think, uh, I think that's why, um, I, you know, I've interviewed a, a couple of people now from the U S and, uh, we always seem to get along together. Like, um, the Australian people have got a pretty laid back, like just in general, a very laid back sort of personality, you know, okay, let's do this. You know, you like this, you have your opinion, you know, it's just very, very laid back. Do you agree? I, I, I certainly do. So it, one thing that 
um, it, it's, it's kind of funny that uh, Australians, men or women, love Texas accents and vice versa. <laughs> yes, yes. And, um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's always a fun time when you get those groups together. Um, it, my, uh, my group of drinking buddies, we had, uh, um, one of my friends ended up meeting, um, uh, she, uh, traveled with uh, a guy from Australia from over in Perth All right. and, uh, he stayed up in the States for a while and stayed here for several months and, uh, a really, really cool guy. And, uh, eventually he had to go home. And so he went back to Perth and everything. And, uh, I saw on his Facebook feed, they was hanging out with one of the girls that I shoot. All right. Like, How does that happen? <laughs> and he's like, wait, you two are friends? And we're like, yeah, we see each other quite a bit. And it's like, this is so weird because it's literally the other side of the world. Yeah, right. Wow. And it is a small world that we live in, but <laughs> when you think about it, it. It just keeps getting smaller. You know, yeah. the more I do this job, it's like uh, crazy small. And, and, so. and you know, you know the thing. I've been to the U.S. a couple of times, and I haven't been to Texas either. I've been to L.A. a couple of times, but yeah. I, I really want to get there. And um, just the whole, whole, it's just a, to me, it feels like a different culture. Um, you know, the food, the the sport. They're very passionate about. You know, and I'm not saying that L.A. and New York are passionate as well, but they have a like a passion for their their sporting teams as well. Very passionate. They love their music. They love their good food, like the the steaks, and you know. So, oh, very, very... I, went out, I went out for Texas barbecue tonight. You know. Oh, was... yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so with Texas, I think it's a little bit different, though, because Texas is the only state in the union that, if we get collectively pissed off enough, we can just go, "Nah, we're out," and and just leave <laughs> the United States. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we, we, we can be our own independent country, um, and it's the only state in the union that can do that. So tell me, so tell me why did uh, you know why did you decide to base yourself then in, in Texas rather than LA? Well, um, so I, I moved out here when I was in high school, right? And uh, I've just kind of stayed ever since, and um, being centrally located as a photographer is a good thing. So, um, it allows me to travel to the East coast and the West coast right. very, very efficiently. And, yeah. um, there's two major airlines that, that have their hubs here, right here in Dallas. So that's, that's, that's a good thing. Now it's, it's got its good sides and it's bad sides. So most of the actions out in LA and, and I find myself having to travel out there to yes. be a part of that, that group. But it's it's just so competitive, and the cost of living up there is so yeah. outrageous that it, uh, you know, it's it's hard to make it worth it. Yeah. And when you do the type of photography I do, you know, unless I'm going to go headlong into fashion and everything, I'm I'm not going. It's not going to work in New York as much. So the two centers are L.A. and Miami, and then Vegas is a close third. So. I find myself traveling to LA and Miami and Vegas quite a bit. But you're in uh, the middle, kind of in the middle, right? Right. Like you right. Said. So it's only an hour and a half flight to 
either of those any of those places from where I am, and it's generally right around a couple hundred dollars to go. Right, and, and the weather would be super nice as well there, right? Like, wouldn't wouldn't get too cold, or does it? No, it's um, we don't get snow that often, right. like throughout the year. But during the summertime, it'll get hot. Um, it'll be up near. Oh, I don't know what it is in Celsius, but 100 degrees Fahrenheit easily. Maybe That's even hot. 105, <laughs> something yes. like that. Um, yes. it, it'll, it'll get uh, it'll get toasty during the right. during the summertime. So yeah, watching the baseball, you know, the guys are sweating. You know, <laughs> you know. Well, you know. the Texas Rangers finally have a new ballpark that they cannot use. It was ready oh, to go two oh, months God. ago. Yeah, were they were three days from the first game ever in this new stadium wow. and everything went into lockdown yeah and and it's a bit similar to the uh the the new las vegas team i mean oh, they just Vader. built this huge yeah. stadium in vegas and yeah. uh you know they might not be able to open up either so or have they scheduled it yet oh, they, sure. they scheduled it the nfl is going to figure out a way yeah oh that's it, good there's, there's too much money there's yeah. way too much Exactly. And it's just like our rugby league as well. Like uh, we're starting uh, 28th of May and we're yeah. going to be, that's going to be like the first sport to sort of start back up, up here in Australia. So empty, empty arenas, but uh, yeah, it's good that, you know, they're starting to schedule it again. Yeah. Major league baseball has said that they have a plan in place and that the owners are going to ratify it. And the rumor is, is that they're going to start up with, uh, they haven't discussed any of the, the the specifics, but it's not going to be empty stadiums. Right, but it's going to start July first. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, so. I'm a well, I'm a Braves fan. I don't know if that that uh, you dislike that, but I've been a Braves fan. I'm one of the only few people in Australia that used to get up like at five, six in the morning and, and you know watch the Braves and uh, Chipper Jones and uh, I was a yeah, I got a. I went to. Uh, I didn't go to the new stadium, but I uh, I went to the Olympic uh, Turner Stadium and uh, watched him in Miami as well. It was a great, great time, and got to watch the Falcons and you know been to the LA. So I, lo- I love coming over there and whatever's on at the time, you know, uh, um, yeah. you know, get a chance to do it. So um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Twin Peaks. How long did you do uh, the the photography for for this uh, this company? Kind of froze up. Oh, up oh, you there? Oh, that's better. Yep, we're back. So I wanted to talk to you about uh, Twin Peaks Restaurant. Uh, you're doing photography for them. You said that earlier. So yeah. h- how did you get involved in that? And how long did you do it for? And um, you know, tell us tell us a bit about that. This was after you shot the Dallas. Uh, cheerleaders, this was, right? This was the same year. It all came down the same year in, in right. 2011. So um, I, I had done one calendar for Twin Peaks at that time, and then we shot the second one after the Mavs thing. So, um, you know, Twin Peaks uh, at the time was only about 20 stores. So mm. now it's like five times that. Wow. Uh, so 
And and most of them were in Texas. There were some that were in Oklahoma and some a little bit further out and and yeah. stuff. But it was still more mostly regional. Um, but what they wanted me to do was help them uh, design the brand. So by creating a um, the the calendar is sort of a loyalty program. They they had done one calendar before and it wasn't great. It was shot in studio. And I, I've always been a really big believer of shooting on location. Right. Yes. So um, I was like, you know, let's let's get a location together. Let's come up with some fun ideas. Let's take these girls out and put one of them on a, you know, a, a four wheeler and put mud all over and stuff, you know, and a little skimpy outfit and yeah. really kind of go with the outdoor sort of thing. And um, uh, they they went for it. They, they were in for it uh, in a hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, we shot that first one and, um, over, over, uh, uh just like a, a one week period, you know, I, I had already run, uh, swim to USA for one year at that point also. So, right. uh, being able to run the staff and know what time girls need to be where and all those things, I had all that stuff ready to go. Yes. So I, I pretty much ran operations and everything else all the way through helping pick the girls, all, all that stuff throughout the... I was going, uh, I was going uh, to that, ask that. So you, you you were able to, even at that stage, able to pick the girls that you wanted for, for your calendar? Well, it was it was really a group discussion with the the CEO and the oh, operations okay. director and, and all those. There was a group of about five mm. or six of us, uh, mm. including the marketing director, that were... Uh, involved in that process, and we we were uh, pretty much all in agreement with with all of it. You know. So 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 how, so how was that process then? How did you how did you select uh, the models uh, to do that? Did they have to go through a process, or or was it just again you guys in that group, that team that was selecting the the, the models to do that? The the girls sent in photos and videos. Right. So and, and then we would you know, take them down and kind of spread them out and say, okay, we got to get this number down to 20. Right. And, um, yeah, how do you do that? How do you do it, that? How do you say? Yeah. <laughs> it was about three or four days of all day long, you know, right. going through photos and things like that. A lot of beer and pizza. <laughs> so, so tell me, so tell me, <laughs> that's that'd be a lot. That's okay. Right? <laughs> Beer and pizza and and uh, looking at beautiful girls all day. You know, <laughs> it's, it's you know, it, it's a recurring theme. <laughs> yes, right. So, uh, in your opinion, how do you select? How do you select that final girl then, or the final girls, the models to go with you to do this? Like, what do you look for in the girl? Like and uh, just beautiful looks, they're all beautiful. But then, then where do you go from after that? In your opinion? Well, I I think that the advantage that we had was that the chain was still small enough that uh, these guys that were making the decisions and everything knew all these girls. Gotcha. Okay. So they knew the girls that had. Um, okay, this one's cute, but she's a little introverted or this one's cute and she's outgoing and 
she'll be able to give us the, the kind of shots that we're looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, this one here, she's cute and she's quiet and everything, but she's got that kind of quiet shyness that's going to play real well. And if you shoot her in this particular set, not in the mud on the, the you know, on, on the four-wheeler, but by the fireplace or something like that, then gotcha. it's going to it's going to work a lot better. And so you start to program the, the different sets because we had a set list of 24 sets at that point. Right. And each of the girls would get a certain amount of, of sets to, you know, have their shot at the calendar. Because just because you made the trip doesn't mean, mean you made the calendar. Gotcha. Yeah, right. And then once you did that, it, you said that then you went into, then you were a part of the Swimsuit USA? Is yes. that correct? Yeah. So did you get girls from, from, from the Twin Peaks or was this just totally, totally like a different? So Swimsuit USA had really started from its base of, of Hawaiian tropics several years before. Right. So okay. Ron Rice, so Ron Rice uh, um, created the Hawaiian tropic brand and, and it kind of actually, when, when Bausch and Lomb bought the, the Hawaiian tropic brand and they determined that, the, the bikini competition was not really part of their brand. They kind of discontinued it. And what happened was it kind of split. It's a longer story than that. But basically it kind of split to Tropic Beauty, which was based in Florida. And they had their competition in Las Vegas. And then Swimsuit USA, which is based in Houston, and um, has their competitions in the Caribbean every year. Oh, gotcha. And so everything was really starting to get rolling. And I had done a couple of gigs for the lady who ran Tropic Beauty, uh, Amy Rayleigh. And she hired me to do the first Tropic Beauty competition in Las Vegas in 2011. Right. And, and then right after that, they decided they were going to change out the entire team, and I switched to Swimsuit USA. And then my first Swimsuit USA was in November of 2011. Right. So Swimsuit USA, that, that's how you got into that. Um, and it's starting to get so, so popular. Um, again, it is the same, you know, your same ideas uh, of choosing these girls. Like, do you still have that formula back then as to what you would have now or is it a, is a different process and I, i'm just well, interested it's a completely to different process yeah right. uh, so tell us so, how that works so swimsuit usa you have to win a regional to get to the the international finals and i i'll all every once in a while go to some of the regionals because they'll have some down in houston they'll have one or two up here in dallas um i went to the ones in in beverly hills last year because i happened to be out there um but uh, about half the girls, you have to win a preliminary competition before you can make it to the international finals. So right. I have no idea who's going to make it to finals until they give me a list of girls. Right. Like, okay. And at least now they give me a list of girls and a list of all their Instagrams. So we can go and start oh, taking cool. a look and, you know, it's like, okay, who are our Aussie girls? Okay. Got <laughs> who are our British girls? Okay. And there's always um, a couple of girls from Ireland now. Uh, we, get, um, we get some girls in from Africa, from Russia, from, I mean, just all over the place. Um, 
some girls, well, a, a lot of South American girls, some can't even speak English. You know, they have right. to have a translator there for their photo shoots. So, so it's Swimsuit USA, but it's more of an international feel right now. It's, it's Swimsuit USA International. Right. So it started as Swimsuit USA, and it just got so big so fast that they had to put the international tag on there because half the girls were coming across an ocean. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm so, sorry, sorry, I'm just looking here. I'm trying to find the Australian girl that won it. In 2013, Avril, Avril, Avril Matthew, yes, who is a boxer. She she was a boxer in Australia, yes. and uh, she lives in Miami now. Oh, cool! And, uh, yeah, total sweetheart. She's she's very very nice, and um, she was the first Aussie that won it, um, and, and that was what 2013. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, then the second. There have been three Aussies that have won in my nine years so far. This is my 10th. So the second one was, what, Cassie Walker, who uh, won it in, what, 2016, I think? Mm-hmm. And then yes. and then uh, Laura Zaffer, who won this past Laura's year. Zaffer. Yes. Yeah. And, so. and um, uh, I was on, on your Instagram, and uh, I was having a look at some of the video uh, footage of when you went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I don't know if they they stole your your phone or you were giving it to. But it's like, hi Greg, we're here. You know, <laughs> uh, I I hand off my phone for some of them and everything. And then um, with with Laura, it, it was pretty funny. So our our first shoot of the week with her. And she's gonna get mad at me for saying this, but um, <laughs> she, her first shoot of the week was at. Um, we were there shooting at probably eight in the morning, and we'd already been shooting for two hours or so. An- another girl, Sarah, um, Sarah Long, decided that that would be the time that we needed to start shooting tequila, <laughs> and so we started shooting tequila at at eight in the morning. Oh, and so by the time. Laura and I are finishing our shoot, and Sarah, we, we're all a little bit buzzed because we hadn't... The, the girls will, like, shred down to and not eat anything the day before their shoot because yeah. they want to look fantastic and everything else, and we hadn't eaten in 12 hours or whatever, and all of a sudden we're doing tequila shots. We were a little <laughs> bit buzzed at 8 a.m. And, and, As you and do some in Mexico, of the, right? Some of the stuff from Bikini Destinations, that's what it was. There was a video from Bikini Destinations of me shooting Laura and we're all just like starting to get wasted at 8 a.m. <laughs> and I and I and I also also saw that with the weather as well like uh trying to shoot like when it's pouring down raining and and uh one of the girls was like standing there and I was like you guys are, come on I've got to do it you know <laughs> we've only got a couple of days you know we're on a schedule oh yeah so um you have to use camera tricks to make it look a little bit like it's sunny outside. Yeah. Uh, so we got, uh, I remember one girl in particular, and she has uh, Kindly Myers from, uh, from uh, Nashville. Right. Has the highest uh, social media um, penetration for, for, of any of the Swiss USA girls. She has almost 2 million followers. And her assigned time, she shows up and everything, and we're going. And it's foggy at the beginning, and then it starts pouring down rain. 
Yeah. And this is our only opportunity to shoot, you know, without setting something else up. And so it was just, you know, it's it's pouring rain out there, and I have to turn up the all the settings on the camera to where it makes it look like it's sunny outside. Yeah, and I, and I saw like you were putting all these, uh, you know, plastic around around the camera as well to sort of. So so, how long did that take you to you know when you got it all back? Like how long did it take you to to do that? But to fix it all up and. Um. Actually. I worked with a lot of the guys uh, that some, some of my mentors in the past have been some of the guys from Playboy, um, you know, Yarmo and, uh, and, and some of those people, they, they teach you, uh, Rick Moore being another one, they yeah. teach you that if, if, if you want the shot, you don't depend on Photoshop. Shoot right. it right the camera the first time, and then you can kind of tweak it later. And right. so... On the spot, I set the camera to, okay, I know what I'm doing. I've shot in this before. This is how we're going to do it. And so by the time I went and had to actually fix it, there wasn't much fixing to do. Right. You know, there might be a little thing here and there and, uh, and, and stuff like that. But the idea is to actually get it right in the camera the first time. And then because yeah. we've got so many, that, that gig, there, there were 80 girls to shoot this year. And then yeah, each right. one of those girls has a certain am amount of shots and things like that. And we have to, um, I shot, I shot about 9,000 images this, this past year, yes. but that's down from, I shot almost 15,000 last year. So you get those wow. images home and it's just a daunting task of going through and finding the best about one. 500. And then you have to actually Photoshop 500 images. Yeah, and that's right. so that each of the social USA photographers, they have to Photoshop that much, you know, 80 girls over 10 days. So that's what I wanted to ask too, like, how, like technology, how, how it's changing all the time. How, how have you sort of adapted to that? Like, like, I'm sure when you first started, you know, you know, we were, I was talking to Casey a couple of weeks ago and he was, he was saying that when he first started, it was like the, put it in the water and have have the red room and you know red lights and then wait for it to sort of <laughs> so I, I I did that once all right became a musician for a bunch of years and then yes. went back to photography when it was all digital <laughs> all right <laughs> that's great timing so you must have known something about this uh, so so what what equipment are you using now like uh, to what you used to uh, use before well Starting in sports, when when I started, all sports photographers used Canon. Right. And I think that I, I think that had my path been a little bit different, I probably would have ended up being a Nikon guy, honestly. But okay. uh, once you start down that path, whichever one it is, the glass is so expensive, the lenses are so expensive, the the cameras are so expensive. You you tend to stay where you are. And so I've always been a Canon person and I've, you know, gone generation after generation of, of camera bodies and just bought the best lenses I can get. And, um, you know, if I'm shooting sports, I'll go and uh, I'll even rent an even bigger lens. But, you know, I've put the, put the cash in for a, uh, a pretty kick-butt camera. And so... You know, you walk in, it's like, okay, we're here. We're done. Yeah, right. 
So, sorry, I wanted to get back into the, the, the swimsuit USA internationally. Now, you are the direct one of the directors in there. Yes. So have yes. you had a, an experience, like, or a story where you've had, like, like a model that, that's been – it's gone up there and made a fool of herself or has there been a time there where they've gone you've just gone oh my god how embarrassing what, what are we doing get out get her out of here almost every day really <laughs> <laughs> no not not really um you have one that stands out but <sighs> and you don't have to mention the name you know uh, the the thing is is that you got to kind of take it from the girl's point of view what it takes to get there. That's right. And, and especially the girls that are getting there for the first time. So let, let's, let's take, for example, you know, I, I think Laura, Laura Zapper is a, is a yes. perfect example because her first year was four years ago. And, and she showed up and she was brand new. Yeah. And, um, you know, she, she was a sweetheart. That's a big step for those point. people to huh? come from Australia to 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 the US and you know yeah. yeah I've made it in I've made it in Australia but you know going to the US and competing against everyone in the world not just that's a it's, huge it's step. very intimidating yeah, yeah. And, and so you you just try to take it all in um, and not do anything too silly or stupid and 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 Laura wasn't that way. She was she was kind of quiet and she was nice until you got to know her a little bit and then she would open up. Yes. But she she has never been a heavy duty party girl. Okay. Right. Um the heavy duty party girls can do <laughs> silly things after yes. all. You know, and you know, and then they'll do something like miss rehearsal or whatever or you know that sort of thing, and, uh, and and then it just becomes a mess. But I think because it's so involved, the process of getting there and stuff, that once the girls get to international finals, they're pretty much on their game. And there's yes. a bunch of barracudas. There's a lot of smart, resourceful women and everything, but they're there to win. They aren't there yeah, to, that's you know. There's some that are there to make friends and take the experience in and things like that. And I think your first couple of years you do that. But if you're in the point where you're in that top five or you're competing for the top ten, uh, that's when uh, it, it gets a little bit, um, you know, the difference between first and, and tenth can be altered by one question. Yeah, that's right. And and financially as well, is it is it financially stable? I mean, are you able to, if you were to win or you were a runner-up, are you able to financially be stable as a model? Well, um, you know, Laura, who won last year, is a uh, she's a veterinarian like, in, oh, her, okay. in, in her free time. Now, I I know that she's she's married. She's married to. Um, uh, to Anton Zaffer, the uh, the UFC fighter down there. Oh right, yes. Yeah. So um, didn't even make, didn't even click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, <laughs> and and the funny thing was is that um, that Laura and Anton had gotten married very soon before she came to Swimsuit USA to and won this past year. So the whole time oh. I've known her was by her maiden name, and then she oh, just got oh. married. 
and, and she's doing quite a bit of uh, mixed martial arts now as well because she's tough. I don't know what it is. People that fight and come from Australia tend to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's all the cliche how, you know, we've got the crocodiles in the backyard and, you know, <laughs> we're wrestling crocodiles and yeah. the sharks and all that. But, um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you about your website now as well. And uh, I wanted to, you've got your own page. It says fans only. Tell, tell us about tell us about this. So uh, the, the page is actually only fans. Only fans is a concept that is is fairly new, probably a little over a year old, and it is basically like a subscription based Instagram. Right. So for for the girls, you'll you'll see uh, either models or photographers getting on OnlyFans and, 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 and doing that. For the girls, for, for most people, it's the place where if you want people to answer questions or things like that, then, you know, it, since it's subscription-based, there's more attention paid to that than, say, Instagram. So if I go look at my Instagram right now, I'll have 30 or 40 people I don't know trying to send me a message, and I just don't have time to, yes. to do all that, you know? So OnlyFans is a, is a place where it's like, okay, you've gone, you've paid for a subscription, things like that. Uh, okay, that, that'll be the first place I actually go and, and, and answer questions and that sort of thing. Um, now, some of the girls will post racier photos, and I actually post racier, somewhat racier photos than you would see on, on, on Instagram, on right. OnlyFans, because there's no limitations or anything like that. Um, for the girls, it's, uh, a way for them to really get to know their fans. Gotcha. So the photographers don't make as much money as the models do because there's, when, when you subscribe to a model's page, there's always that fantasy of you're getting to know the girl and things like that and, and yes. blah, blah, blah. I've got people asking me if I'm going to do workshops this summer or something along those lines, you know, gotcha. but I, I, I do very much appreciate all of that, but I, there there are girls that um, that make forty thousand dollars a month wow. on their own fans as you know, just uh, responding to their fans because they're yeah. so in, entrenched in social media now. That's it. That's all they have to do. And and it's funny how it's all changed now. You've got to have that social media as well now. Also, you were saying before, like. Uh, now that they have the Instagram page, you can go and watch that. So that's super important to, you know, have lots of people uh, visiting you and uh, not only just having the good looks, you, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it was about, let's say, 18 months ago that uh, that one of my friends challenged me to, to bump up my social media because I was kind of late to the game in Instagram. Right. And um, I would say it was a, about 18 months ago where I had about 35,000 followers. And it's pretty good. It is, it is pretty good, but to be a real influencer now, you have to hit 100K. Yeah. You really do. And, and things start to change once you do that. And so one of my best friends, Visual Poison uh, from Houston, Texas, his name is Jeff Coulter. He said, dude, you got to get that, that score up, you know? 
and, and so I've been, I've, I've pushed really hard and everything. And, um, uh, social media is a science and, uh, there are, there are waves and tendencies and, uh, all this, um, everything that goes into, uh, who sees your photos, where and when and how often, and you, you have to almost program to that, yes. um, specifically. And it's not crazy thing is it's not all about the hot picture that that drives the attention. That's not it at all. It's it's sometimes really surprising to me that uh, of what photos get a lot of attention and what don't. Mm. And, and what what do they? What what is getting a lot of attention? I mean, you, you go onto your your Instagram and that's just. You know, so many beautiful girls and the tropical locations. You know, <laughs> such a such a such a terrible job. You know, damn, I've got to get up and do this. None of my friends feel sorry for me. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, horrible. Okay, yeah. Oh, it was so funny. I saw one of your photos on on Facebook, um, and um, it was supermodel, supermodel. You know, supermodel. And then you put a photo of yourself, and then it was like. Oh, where are the supermodels? You know, <laughs> like, oh, this is your... <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that guy again. Yeah, that guy. Right, where's the girls? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's 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 sometimes very funny because we can go into an event and um, by we I say you know different groups of photographers that don't necessarily post their photos a lot uh, can go into uh, a room at say Swimsuit USA or the Las Vegas International Model Search or anything like that, and they don't know who you are until you say your name. Yes. And so, you know, so, sometimes the girls will say something really kind of funny, not knowing who you are, and then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Greg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Well, um, so – Let's wrap it up now. So I want to ask this question, and I ask it all the time. What is the, the future hold uh, for Greg Woodson? Well, I'm going to be going into uh, my 10th year at Swimsuit USA, I think. And That's an amazing um, achievement. <laughs> since the year is so shortened, it's, it's very difficult to, to figure out what's going to go on. And um, I know for sure that I'm going to do Glam Jam. Uh, probably right around Labor Day, and that'll be in Puerto Vallarta. But those might be the two biggest shoots I do all year. And I'll probably hook up with a couple of friends and, and do some content shoots on the West Coast and the East Coast at least once this year. So once this kind of clears up, I'll kind of I'll probably travel about once a month for the rest of the year. As as far as like long term stuff, you know, I did a uh, I did my first gallery show uh like an art gallery show uh three years ago and the it, it was really a changing point for a lot of the stuff that i've done and the whole idea behind it the show is called anonymity the the idea being how would women express themselves if they had uh if they had the mask of anonymity where you couldn't tell who it was would it be sexy? Would they, you know, what, what, um, you know, how would they, what would the perception be and things like that? And it, it taught me what I wanted to do was get from 
Twin Peaks and, and, and those sorts of things. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about Twin Peaks, the company. That's not the point. But there's a little bit of a difference between the commercialism behind female photography, like cheerleaders, things like that. They always have to be sexy. They always have to be in a certain thing that fits the brand. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to empower women and say, if you could do this, what would you do? Right. And for me, it was one of the biggest lessons of my life as a photographer, just allowing them and helping them to, to, to achieve that. And what I would like to do is another show where they, where it, it, it grasps female empowerment you know, and, and I learned this so much from the Swimsuit USA girls and things like that because they all want to be powerful. They all want to be strong. Yes. They want to be, and, but they want to be intelligent. They want to be, uh, you know, driven. And, and every single, I've, I've met so many women that are just so special because of that. What I would like to do is, is circle back around for the next lesson in women empowerment because I think as a male photographer, we should be we should be studying those sorts of things and really kind of pushing it because that's what's going to make that that's what's going to take everything to the next level. It's not just about a swimsuit or about yes. a sexy photo. It's got to be about what is the personality, you know. Yes. And I think that we can be doing so much more of that. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that's great. And what would you say to an inspiring person that, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants to wake up and take photos of beautiful models, uh, but what would you say to someone that, that wants to get into your sort of uh, industry, you know, as a photographer, not necessarily just uh, shooting models, but uh, maybe just in general? What advice would you give to them? The, the first piece of advice that I, I'd give a, an aspiring photographer is learn your camera. Right. Shoot it right the first time. Don't depend on Photoshop. The best ways to do that, I was, I was very lucky. I had, to, I had the baptism by fire by all of a sudden being thrown into it, and I had to learn my camera really fast by shooting sports. I think shooting sports is the most surefire way to learn the camera very, very quickly. Because you can't really do it. But inside a, a a room or something like that, you have to go there. You got to follow the ball. You get you know. There's all lots of action and movements. So, right. And and there's there's so many external factors, and there's differences in in lighting and color and things like yes. that. And you learn all of the basics before you ever do something like a model shoot. And then you know what the model shoots. If, if that's really the way you want to go, you can yes. do that later. But Start with something that's going to challenge you as far as learning the equipment. You know, if yes. you're a musician, you have to learn your instrument. That's yes. it. You know, uh, if you're a photographer, learn the camera. Yeah, because you you can't use the automatic modes that are oh nice and shiny yeah. or everybody. Uh -uh, no, uh, that's why they have those t-shirts out there that say everyone thinks they're a photographer until and then the dials on M for manual. <laughs> it's like oh gosh, you know, and 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 I'll tell you what I've I've shot on manual since year number one because yeah. my my buddy said uh uh you need to do it this way and learn it right the first time 
Yeah, right. And that's what I wanted to ask too. Also, with that video in Mexico, it seemed that you were you were shooting a lot of it like really early in the morning. Was there a specific reason why that? It was- we what? we always do the Swimsuit USA like um, assigned shoots uh, in the early morning. So we start at sunrise every day. Okay. And then we'll shoot until about nine thirty or ten in the morning. And then we break for lunch and start up at two and we go all the way till sunset because that's the best light of the day. Right. And how does this affect the, the party girls then? <laughs> you know, they got to get their sleep, right? Sometimes, sometimes the party girls miss their shoot. Right. Miss their shoot. See you later. Yeah, that's it. Mm. And it affects their scores now too. So, uh, yeah. Right. Because I'm uh, like it's sort of like an industry where like if you do something wrong or you miss a miss a, a shoot or something like that, it's like oh, but you know, you know, if they're angry or they're not very nice, well, you know, there's hundred thousands <laughs> thousands of other models that can take your spot, you know. Yeah, yeah. and there, and there's eighty of them right here. Yeah, that's right. If you, if you miss your spot. There are 80, 79 other girls that are willing to slide right in there because they can either go out and party part of the night, go and go to sleep and get up and be fine, mm. you know, or they just know how to control themselves. And how, how, how have you gone doing that? You're prof- the professional, ultimate professional? What, me? Yes. For a long time, the girls were like, how in the world do you guys do this? And what we actually do is we'll go... And we'll party till about midnight, even one o'clock. Yes. And we'll have to get up, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning. So we'll get four hours of sleep. But yes. we, are, we only shoot until about 9.30 in the morning and then uh, go grab some breakfast. We'll take an hour and a half nap at like 10.30. Right. <laughs> stack our sleep a little bit and be okay for the rest of the day and then do it again. So once you get through three or four days of that stuff and you've cycled through all the girls, the schedule kind of eases up a little bit and you get a good night's sleep. Gotcha. So, yeah, you know, right. it's, it's Plan- planning it, planning it around your, your drinking and then <laughs> and you partying. Yeah. And, yeah, that's yeah. good, but that's good, but like that you, you're able to do that. And, and, and sorry, speaking of which, how do you select like your team? I mean, uh, you're, you're the director uh, most of the time, but um, how do you select your team? I mean, you need a, that good team to, to, to help you out with like, the lighting and whatnot. Right. So actually, um, for Swimsuit USA, we take care of our own lights. We carry our own gear, gear and everything else. We don't have assistance, that sort of thing. We did something a little bit different this year to where we actually had two different sets of photographers. So we actually doubled the number of photographers that we had. And, you know, the, the four main photographers that have, have been there for a while, Doug, myself, Gordon, and, and Jeff, Visual Poison, Gordon and, and um, Doug and I have been there all, like, years and years and years and years now. Right. And, and Jeff's been there for three now, uh, but you know when we when we lost the photographer a few years ago, you know Kathy, the the owner of Swimsuit USA, was like, "Who can we bring in that's going to be good?" And I, I I've got between Tropic Beauty and then Swimsuit USA and then the Las Vegas International Model Search and then all these other events I've done. I've I've met 
many, many very, very talented photographers here in, in the U.S. and Mexico and some from even overseas. And uh, depending on what the parameters of the shoot are, uh, you know, I'll, I'll know the guys that I want to go out and, and find. And, you know, it's uh, generally it's it's a good enough deal that they're, they're going to want to show up and do it, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so you have like a regular crew like that, that, that follows you around or is it like just, okay, we're going to go here, so we'll take this these guys or do you have like a... Well, for, so for Swimsuit USA, the, the photography staff hasn't changed other than, than the ones we added this year. It uh, hasn't changed in four years. And then oh, right. when I did the Las Vegas International Model Search, it was a little bit... We had a, a little bit of uh, moving around at the beginning, but um, we got locked into a staff by the third one, and then, you know, that, that was it. The, the staff was set. And, you know, these are, these are talented guys, and uh, the ones that I've, I've always chosen, and I'm, I'm very lucky for this, it's like uh, they're, they're very talented and professional, and they can go out and have fun and everything too, and then wake up the next morning and, uh, and be ready to go. Yeah, right. So, you know, I, I, support, I support everybody, you know, 100%, you know, because they're, they're all very well-accomplished photographers. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, sorry, I forgot to ask one more thing. Uh, what does your family think about this? And, and what did, like, we talked about your friends before, uh, <laughs> how, you know, they're pretty jealous of, you know, you, uh, about the career that you've chosen. But uh, what does your family think about this? Uh, do, you know, have they supported you through your career? A- absolutely. It it was it was a little weird at first. Yeah. For them, I think. Um, so. Your dad, you, was your dad patting you on the back? That a boy, son. <laughs> actually, they they were like, I, "We don't get it. How 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 in the world does this work?" <laughs> so the first um, the first big thing that they went to was the uh, release party for that minor league basketball team. Oh, yes. And and my dad's comment was, they don't look like anything like it in real life what they look like in the photographs. And <laughs> they were kind of laughing about that. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the hair and makeup and everything is different when you shoot. So, so people are going to look different. Yes. Um, so, but it's... Uh, they're, they're definitely used to it now. Um, the, the fact that it started with sports and then celebrities and everything, I think, kind of helped. It, it was interesting because we would get together for, for family stuff. And at, at that time, I actually had a paper portfolio that yes. Grandma expected me to bring every single time that we had a family thing. And they would go through and they wouldn't judge me. They would judge the girls in the portfolio and say, Oh no, she is not cute enough. You need to get her out of there. Oh, and it was really, really, it was, it was really funny. And my, my 90 year old something grandmother going through and going, Oh, she's not cute enough. <laughs> Maybe she should be a, like a, like a host or like a, you know, a judge. <laughs> yeah. So they, she, grandma would sit with my, uh, my mom and my sisters and they'd go through the book and okay. It was, it was a little weird <laughs> at the beginning, but you know, whatever it works. 
Did it influence you as well? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I got the idea of, okay, this this girl got a lot of likes from the family and this one didn't. So, you know, Instagram was easy <laughs> by the time we got there. Relationship-wise, my friends were going like, oh, you should ask him, you know, how many girls he slept with and all this. And it's like, come on, Actually, man. it's interesting. So you never date the models. That's, That's the rule. right. You know, uh, well, okay. You never hook up with models. That's you know, true. the only thing that's really acceptable is if you, let's say you meet a girl in an event, you stay in touch with them for the whole year and everything else, and then they come back or whatever, and something happens at that point. That's not hooking up. That's different. Relationship. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, but I, I don't hook up with models almost yeah. ever. So, do you have a, sorry, I, I, I didn't find either. Uh, do you have a family? Well, I've, I'm the oldest of five kids, right. and all of them live here in the Dallas area, so I have quite an extended family, oh, but I'm not married or anything like that. It's Photography is a very difficult thing to have a relationship with. Yeah. Come at, on, you've got to go out. Even with just sports, you mm. know? Yeah. Sorry, have you ever dated a model? Uh, like a, a, a model? No. Uh, actually, yeah, actually, yeah, I have. She was kind of a local girl, that sort of thing, okay. but it was right at the beginning, and you know, and, and that's kind of where I learned. Yeah, don't date models. <laughs> yeah, it's like like the, the whole favoritism, you know, dating a model and also photography, and yeah, yeah, it's you know, some people make it work, but those people are already really well established, and they've you know. And finally, do you want to just uh, talk about any endorsements, any social media, and your website? You want to go through that? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is Greg Woodson, G-R-E-G-W-O-O-D-S-O-N. You can also go to my website, which is gregwoodsonphotography.com. It has a link there to OnlyFans and uh, all the other stuff and, and some, some more photos. I'm in the process of trying to get the photos from my first art gallery show into a into a venue where they can be sold, so so people can go take a look at them and 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 purchase them online. Uh, that hopefully will be available soon as well. It's it's difficult. You would think with being locked down that we would be able to actually get some of this stuff done, but it's been very 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 tough still. But uh, also, if anybody has any questions or wants to see what some of that is, they can just drop me a line, and I'll be more than happy to kind of show them the, the gist of the show and that sort of thing. And um, there you go. I'm always, uh, I'm always around. So Absolutely. Because uh, I've got my listeners. Uh, I'm actually living in uh, Shanghai at the moment, but I'm back here in Australia with the virus. So, um, you know, it's going uh, to China. It's going to uh, Russia. Australia, New Zealand. So yeah, hopefully uh, I can get some some listeners come and support your you know, Instagram and your website. So amazing! You, you've had a great career, and it looks like the future is very bright for you. And uh, make sure that you put Australia on the list of things to do. Come out here, Definitely. and uh, you know, and bring your bring your like showcase as well. You know, that'd be awesome to come down to Australia, and uh, you know show all that, your that uh, photography yeah. yeah and when i uh come uh, back to the u.s uh let's have a beer in texas all right or let's yeah. go to a ball game let's go to a ball game or something 
Tell Casey Bennett to come out here this way. He, he's never made it to Texas. Oh, so. really? Oh. Yeah, we always have to meet him where he's going. So. Oh, right. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> me and Casey will come come to Texas yes. and you show us around. We'll have to have a steak, a rib, a rib <laughs> and uh, watch a ball game. Watch you know, the best time of the year to come actually is, is um, the end of February. So okay. in Houston, they've got the Houston Rodeo Cookoff Weekend. Oh. So it's like a, a state fair sort of thing, but they set up all these private tents, and you have to have a wristband to get in, into each tent, and each one is a separate party, and they have ah. all the, the, the uh, grillers and barbecuers and everything else that are competing in the contest, yeah. cooking at each individual uh, tent. So the food is just ridiculous and then there's just free booze and free beer and dancing and live music and hot girls running around and that's just that's the early part of the evening and then everybody goes out (laughs) wow what an experience craziness yeah right i don't know why i should have should have went to texas but uh you know usa is such a big place you know so many things to see and do so you know and it's so big you know so you know you've got to be careful and and choose the places that you want to you want to see yeah it it takes nine hours to drive from one side of texas to the other wow and uh, I'd like to see the music as well, like the country and western music there in, in Texas. Uh, it's not really the sort of I'm um, sort of like the rock, the rock and rock and roll, hard rock. But um, yeah, good music is good music. So um, definitely a lifestyle. Lots of good music as well. All right, Greg, thank you very much for your time. I know you're a busy man, and uh, thank yeah, you very much too. All the I best, agree. all the best for the future. All right, Greg, bye bye. Thanks, sir.